Right, Nelson, we'll get into it, yeah? Yeah, 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 let's go. I'm Excellent. Well, Nelson, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's actually a real pleasure for me to speak to you. A big fan. How are you doing today? It's not as warm as it's been in the UK, in London, but it's still pretty bloody warm. Yeah, actually, I mean, last couple of days have been a bit tough. Uh, I had a bit of a hard time playing and being functional in general, but yeah, it has been quite all right, actually. Like, life has been treating me very well. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that, uh, particularly these days as well, and uh, the state of play that we have in the UK. But let's talk about you specifically first, mm -hmm. just focusing on you. And in particular, let's go into a little bit about your musical background and where, I guess, the interest in performing came from. Uh, well, I... I actually don't know. I I always wanted to play piano because um, because of Final Fantasy. So yep. I was very young, and uh, I used to go to like an after school club, and the older the older kids they used to play video games, and they used to bring video games to the to the after school club, and they they brought in Final Fantasy Nine at the time, and I thought it was the most amazing thing ever. Everything was amazing. And at the time, it was a very groundbreaking technology with the pre-rendered and the music was amazing and the graphics, everything was amazing. Mm. And I was very captivated by that. And as time went on, I got more and more interested in Final Fantasy music. And I always wanted to play piano, but my mother was very poor and she was never able to afford formal musical education or anything like that. And I, as I progressed uh, into my teenage years and later teenage years, I... I started getting into anime mm -hmm. and I started getting really interested in anime music and stuff and Japanese music. And then one day I was listening to uh, an online Brazilian uh, radio show. Yep. Um, so it's called Radio Blast, if any, any of our Brazilian fans are listening. Uh, and they used to play only Japanese music, only either Japanese metal or Japanese rock or music from anime. And then I remember I was studying for a chemistry exam and they played this song from a band called X Japan. I don't know if you know. Of course. Like a symphonic Japanese heavy metal stuff with a lot of keyboards and a lot of super fast double bass and stuff. And I was like, wow, what is this? Because it was Kurenai, like the most famous song. And everything fast and the violins come and the guitar solos come and everything is amazing. Like, wow, this is something else. And then life goes on and next day, uh, tune into the same radio and they play a, another song which is a ballad it's called crucify my love also from x and i'm like wow you can do this you can play heavy metal with violins and then you can just go and write the ballad and i, I didn't know that you could do that i thought it was blasphemous mm -hmm. and at the time i didn't even know what an instrument was barely i knew what the piano was i knew what the, the guitar was i knew what the portuguese guitar was but i didn't know what the drum was or bass or anything and it was like, oh, there is something else here. And then I got more and more interested in, in, in Japanese music and the music from Final Fantasy sort of comes from there. Mm. And at the time I used to listen to the regular stuff, like the Bullets for My Valentine. I was already into metal a bit and Mudvayne, System of a Downs, all the stuff from the early 2000s and mid 2000s. And as I got in more and more into Japanese heavy metal and Japanese music, I sort of got, that Mudvayne vote for my Valentine to the side and I started focusing specifically on playing heavy metal mm. and, and listening to Japanese music. So then 
because of ex-Japan and Versailles and other Japanese bands of the time I, um, I wanted to play guitar and my financial situation was better. I was working at the time as a cleaner for my city council. Mm -hmm. And then I saved some money. I, I bought the classical guitar. So Spanish guitar, nylon. And I started playing and then like, it was not my thing. Oh. And then I, I asked my mother to lend me some money to buy a BC Rich Mockingbird, hmm. which I still have. It's over there. It's fretless now, though. So now it's a fretless guitar. <laughs> um, there's a story about that. But anyway, yeah. And then I got the Mockingbird because the guitars for x and also had a Mockingbird, but the Japanese one from a brand called Fernandez. So I, had, I wanted the same guitar. And I got the same guitar and I started playing and I did some shows. In Portugal, I played the anime conventions, which is the thing that I always wanted to do. And I do nowadays as well, which is really cool. Uh, everything comes backwards as a circle. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so then I started playing anime music and I wanted to learn more about music. And I, I decided to apply to go to jazz school. Or no, actually, I, I applied to go to composition school, which is classical music. And mm. uh, the only thing I knew was Guitar Pro at the time, because that's what we used to read tabs and stuff. And I wrote a song in Guitar Pro uh, with tab and stuff, but it was for like piano and harp and koto, um, koto oh. and shamisen stuff. So it was like actual sort of my way of writing bad traditional Japanese music. And then I did the entrance exam and I failed miserably, completely failed miserably, like flat out. I didn't know how to read. I didn't know what was a baroque counterpoint or any of that i failed miserably i did the interview they were like how the hell did you write this song and I was, well i just wrote it on this program called guitar pro <laughs> they just look, looked at me and you learn all the music theory by yourself yeah i listened to the music and i got the notes and they like probably thought i was lying but anyway and then a friend of mine recommended me jazz school hmm. jazz school in portugal and i went there for three years and i learned a lot of music Oh yeah, that's the basic. The basis of all my musical knowledge comes from jazz. But I always wanted to play heavy metal and and Japanese music and stuff. And while I was there, I met other people that had the same interests. And it was funny because the jazz people that wanted to um, wanted to do heavy metal, they we all stayed in the same corner. And and then the people that uh, that wanted to only jazz, they stayed in their own corner. So we 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 would never mingle. Yeah. And like we were we we were watching Mashuga stuff <laughs> on the phone. Like, look at this nine-string guitar. And then I turned the turn and then like the guys that played vibraphone and sax, like stayed on the side. And yeah, so like we were never friends with 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 each other. And because also the jazz guys were really smart and they knew a lot of music. Um like we could never talk to each other yeah uh, like uh, well uh, we, we were still learning there were like kids there that were like 13 or 14 and they knew way more music than we knew at the time we were 19 years old like their mm -hmm. parents were already musicians and we were all really bad i was really really bad I, I am still but compared to them i was horrible like and i i had actually a um i was well known for being the worst musician in the school mm -hmm. actually so then i went there for guitar and then I couldn't keep up with jazz guitar. It was too hard. And I switched to play bass. Yep. And then eventually I got the six string fretless that I play to this day. And I do all my recordings on it. So then I, it came from there. I started playing six string fretless there. And then eventually years go on. 
and uh, I, I get the call from a friend, hey, would you like to come to London to study? I say, where's the plane ticket? Like no plans, no plans, no plans, completely no plans. And then I came here, I went to a place called ICMP, the Institute of Contemporary Music Performance in London, mm. me and two other Portuguese drummers. And there I met Fabio from Gringotts. I met uh, Ruben, which was in Skyward. The uh, Skyward no longer exists anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, mutual friends and then from there from the uni I started working with more and more people uh, eventually Fabio quit before finishing the course I studied in the course and then Fabio went to do stuff with Green Gods before I joined he did like all the uh, part men part beast and extended us and the first album lines I don't play in lines um, and I was in a band called October Grey at the time it was like super progressive technical heavy metal stuff yeah. and then um fabio lost the uh green Gods lost the the bassist and i went to see skyward because fabio was also playing in skyward and says i said hey man i know that you guys are looking for a bassist uh, i sent a video to to audition for the band is like yeah are you free on saturday to come to rehearsals with us yeah okay so learn these songs and i learned all the songs and that was the story so then i've been playing with green Gods and stuff and um and I was playing with October Grey at the time. And then from there, uh, I thought that stuff with October Grey was going really well. Yep. And we did a show once. And, and then one day I noticed that the guitarist was not really comfortable around me. Okay. And, and at the time I was like having a very bohemian lifestyle, dating girls around and not caring about my body and stuff. And I thought, hey, I sent a, mes- sent a message to to the vocalist and said, hey, is, is Alex doing okay? I thought that we were friends. Maybe I'm doing something wrong with my life and he's not approved my behavior. I was not like neglecting the band in any way. Mm. So yeah, no worries, let's talk about it. So then we have a meeting and I get fired from there. I get, we do a meeting, you have, we have a problem with your attitude in the band and stuff. And I got fired and then i felt really bad because i worked really hard it was yeah. a very technical music and i really enjoyed being around them and then all those bad feelings that started manifesting i stopped playing bass for a month it seems like every day oh uh, you froze momentarily okay sorry so so that for that i um i it was a long time to not play for a month because i was feeling really bad and um, and then I decided, you know what? Let me pick up the guitar again. So okay. then I bought I bought an LTD, just because I wanted to have a guitar. I bought an LTD. I started practicing, and then I had a lot of songs that I wrote during jazz school, which was like sort of classical with like jazz harmony stuff. I wrote a lot of songs from there. Like you know what? Let's do something with this. And so I started trying to hire people to play guitar for me. Hmm. And no one wanted to play it, or they thought the music was too hard. Okay. So then I thought, okay, I have a guitar, I have a computer, let's do it on my own. Yep. So I learned guitar, and it was really hard. <laughs> it was really, really hard to learn guitar. You know, like bass is okay, but guitar is another completely different level. I, I was not ready for the difficulty. Despite me playing guitar for like a year and a half when I was younger, but I was not ready. Mm. But then I worked really, really hard, and then I started talking to people to collaborate. I was, I was playing guitar and bass, and I did the orchestrations and stuff. And from there, uh, I asked Fabio, hey, Fabio, 
I'm going to give you this money if you uh, re resample all my instruments that I have on these songs. I'll pay this amount for each track. Mm -hmm. Would you be interested? And says, sure, let's do it. So then I started singing the songs one by one. He reorchestrated everything. Then I started talking to other people to collaborate. And some people did not work out. Some, and that was it. But I was working with a producer. And it, things did not go very well. But then he recommended me a violin player for the album. And that's the person that stick with it, fortunately. And then because of that producer not working out, I got Alex from Gringotts, our producer from Gringotts, to work on the songs. Um, and eventually, a lot of people from Gringotts got involved by by sheer amount of luck. And I think that proves that proves that if you are surrounded by good people and people that are responsible, those are the people that you should stick with. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, eventually more and more people of Gringotts got involved. So Alex did all the reamping for my bass and guitars. Fabio did all the orchestrations. Uh, Dave did the guitar solo on a song that is already out. It's called yeah. FTV, so he plays lead guitar on that, which is that's why the reason why the song sounds good, actually. <laughs> um, and Andy, Andy did narration for like a sort of ambient clean guitar thing on a song called Outlaw Chasing Dreams, which, spoilers, it's not released yet, but I put it already on, on Bandcamp, just in case. <laughs> because I was bored, basically. Okay, put it there. Yeah. So anyway, uh, and then uh, Alex, the, our producer, hired someone uh, zero cost. He hired uh, his drummer from Nelson Eterna to rearrange my drums. They are not real. He just like changed the notes around to make them more interesting. Mm -hmm. So free of charge, and that was amazing. Awesome. I think that it it shows more humanity and despite me being able to write drums on, on sheet music the way that I always did it and then I put it through MIDI. He made it like a drummer would play it, but it's not real, unfortunately. So then the stuff started taking shape and the violin player did an amazing job, Matt Norris. Mm. Currently lives in, he lives in Scotland right now and amazing guy and without the real violins, because that was the whole point of the project was to have a real violin person playing the melodies that I wrote for vocals. Yes. That was the concept. So then he did an amazing job and everything is ready. And now I'm releasing one song per month. Mm. And that's where we are, I guess. Long story short. Yeah, that's where oh, we are. What, right. a, what a story. What an incredible uh, life mm. story you've, you've told. They're touching upon everything from your early days all the way through, of course, as well. Although it's been mentioned, I just want to reiterate to people that Nelson is the bass player in Grimgots. And I want to shout about that because it's no secret if you follow the website and uh, the stuff we do that I am a huge fan of Grim Gots, of course. But we are here to focus on Fifth Empire. So you've described how the idea first started to bloom, but that initial shape, did you have a clear vision at the time exactly like what you wanted it to be? For example, the violin being the vocals effectively. Was that something that you knew you wanted at the start and the result that you've got now, is it quite in line with what you envisioned? Uh, that is a, that is the, a, a good question, and the, the answer is actually no, because the first song that I wrote for this was a song that is already out, it's called Makin, mm -hmm. and that song has no violin, so that song started with just like guitars and time signatures and crazy Japanese music, yep. and it did not start there, I actually wrote it for vocals, 
first because I wanted a band. Yeah. I wanted a band. And, and then one day I was listening to a band called Mahavishnu Orchestra, which is like a 70s jazz fusion, like, a, like sort of almost, almost heavy metal, but not there, not there yet. It's, it's still jazz, but, and they have uh, Jean-Luc Ponty playing violin. Mm -hmm. And that is basically the role, like uh, the violin is sort of a vocal kind of thing. And I thought, well, this is a good idea. Let me go to my guitar profiles and change all the melodies to violins. So I go there, press the button, and I put violin instead of vocal. And then I put all the melodies and opt up. And then I'm like, this is it. Yeah. This, is, this is exactly what I want. And then from there, I, I did the same thing for all the, the files that had vocal melodies. I did the exact same thing, put them all an octavire and listen. And yeah, this is the confirmation. But Machin does not have mm. because it was the first song. Um, and so then I started writing harmonies for those violins because, okay, so, so I'm not limited by the vocalist. Might as well put more violins on it. So some songs, they have two or three or one violin tracks. It's still played by Matt. Yep. But uh, yeah, it goes from there. And then I actually had a period where, by pure coincidence, I discovered a band called uh, Neoblivishkarish. Okay. And and I looked at the name. This sounds very Portuguese. Let me see what what this is all about. And then I pressed a song. Song was called "End uh, Plagues." It's a very long title. I don't know if you know. Um, it's a song starts in five and stuff. And then I started hearing it. Oh, it's in five, so it's like time signatures as well. And then the violin comes in, and I got completely heartbroken because. That is the music that I wanted to do. That is exactly the music that I wrote, but they were already out there and they were already famous. Mm. And then it was like, oh my God, it's such a blow to my confidence. But then I endured it. It took only two days to, to get over it. Good. So, yeah, so it, was not, it was not instant. It was not instant. But if I had vocals, I think I would not like it as much because that, the perseverance is that, that particular element of, having a violin playing the lead on all the songs. And that's the focus, in my opinion. That's what I want the focus to be, is on the, the, the violin taking the, the front, the frontman seat of the band. I think, you, uh, of course, you want it to be the focus. And I think it's important for me to say that it actually does come across in the songs that have been released, ones that heavily feature, it does come across quite importantly. And one of the things I guess, that's happened over the period as you've been building these tracks and working towards what you've been doing is your confidence has clearly increased uh, when you kind of got more people involved and you started to put the tracks together. Is that the case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I spent a long time not having money to even fund the album. Yeah. And and when I heard, I started recording stuff on my own, and I was hearing the bass, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm such a horrible bassist. And then I would record the guitars and oh my God, my solos are horrible and my rhythm guitar is horrible. And I need to double track on this. Mm. So over, so it's like two tracks of horrible guitars and one track of horrible bass. At least that's how I felt. And then, and then uh, Fabio sends me the first, uh, the first orchestra stuff. I think it was for Heavenly. And he just takes away the, in a good way, in a good way, he takes away the attention of, my bad playing okay. and because the orchestra sounds so amazing and all the parts sound so amazing and then 
that boosted my confidence a lot. And uh, every time that Alex would send me the reamps and every time Alex would send me drums and every time Matt would send me his violins, I would just put everything on my computer and I would listen, oh, I wrote this and I paid this person and this is happening and this track is happening and this sounds amazing. So, and everything even became better when, uh, because when we write music, we spend a lot of time listening to it. And mm -hmm. then one day Fabio says, okay, so before we call it quit uh, final on every file, come to my house and we will just make sure that everything is all right. So I go to his house and he has all my instruments reamped, everything is there. And he just puts stuff and he put like, uh, so like an impulse response on my guitars and my bass. And then I say, is this the MIDI guitars? No, 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 this is your guitars. Are you serious? I am the guy playing this. And say, yeah, that's you playing. Amazing. And uh, and that felt amazing. Honestly, it's a it's a great feeling to to see all this happen because I've I've had these songs in my computer in Guitar Pro since 2015. And it took and it took a long time and a lot of confidence and a lot of saving money to get here and to make this happen. And yeah, it's finally happening. It's amazing. I I honestly feel amazing. And, I'm so uh, glad. I'm glad. Yeah, and it's more amazing that I have people that I trust on it as well. I think that is the most important thing because these people they have been with my musical journey here in the UK for a long time. Especially Fabio, I take a lot of pride in having Fabio as a friend, and then he teaches me a lot about life. And he does not read books or anything about philosophy and stuff, but he just i'm i'm with him in a in a train journey and he says the perfect thing at the right moment that i need to hear and it's like oh yeah that makes all sense so then yeah it's a great honor to share stage and being in a band with a guy like that and having him do the orchestration for my stuff as well that's amazing that's really really nice it's really good to hear continue you've been holding on to these songs then since 2015 where do you look for in where did you look and where do you look right now for inspiration when it comes to the writing of what you want to do with fifth empire um well for now the the schedule is still the same i'm going to still release songs and one song per month until yep. until i finish all the songs that are ready and i've been writing ever since then because i learned from my teachers that you need to keep on doing things you need Never to stop practicing and you need to keep on writing and the songs that I've been writing nowadays, they are still within the style of the violin is the lead. Yep. Uh, so they are still, I have around, I think 13 songs still on the demo phase, on the guitar pro phase still. So um, yeah, those songs are still there and they exist, but I have, I want to release some three or four tracks in like power metal as well, like proper, Green God, Stratovarius, Power Metal, and those songs are written as well. Mm -hmm. They don't have vocal melodies. They don't have vocal melodies, but they are not meant to have violins or anything. So it's going to be, I want to release three or four songs like that to see if my writing style adapts to this. I've, I've written, so far I've written only three songs for Green Gods. Mm -hmm. And some of them have already been rejected before. Like, uh, there's a song that is going to be released soon called Horsemen of Davina, which was supposed to be a, an instrumental Grimgot song that Andy did not like. So it's too progressive. We cannot release this for Grimgot. So then I took it for myself. 
Yep. And the title comes from Dave from Grimgott. That's why it's called Horseman of Davina. So it's inspired by his style and the Grimgott style, but then with my way of writing stuff. So yeah, I want to release eventually some three or four songs with vocals. And I have another one with vocals that is a bit more extreme in the orchestral sense. Um, so yeah, but then I also want to keep on writing uh, in this style mm. of like symphonic heavy metal that my elders did, like uh, X and Versailles and Galnerius and Nobuo from, from Final Fantasy. And I would like to be a better writer also for, uh, now let's, let's put the blasphemy banner. I, I would like to write some sort of jazz fusion one day. I don't have the technique, I think. I right. think I don't have the language or the technique to do some some jazz anymore, hmm. but I want to do it eventually. But for now, for the for the foreseeable future, the it's going to be still the violin is the lead symphonic heavy metal kind of thing. It's always you're constantly learning and you're going to constantly develop as an artist. I'm sure if you went back to your younger self that went was in jazz school back then and showed him what you're capable of now, that person back there would be shocked and wouldn't believe it so who knows in five or ten years time who knows what you'd be capable of and what you can learn yeah i i think that none of us expect where we are at this point because we never believe it i think and i think success is very success is a very bad word i think because it's also it's, it's always very relative yeah and 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 we can never expect to that, that we, we, we cannot have too much wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. I think that is the most important thing. We need to be realistic and, and we need to appreciate sometimes the situation where we are. Yeah. Which is a, very, a bit, a bit um, I don't know, idealistic, but at least I still have two arms and two legs and I can walk and I can play. And, and when, when I think about that and when I think like people like Jason Becker, for example, that they wish they have a life that we have. Mm. Like all he wants is to play guitar and he's in a, in a chair. So when I think about people like him, I don't mind anything. Yeah. And actually yesterday I, uh, I watched a video from a YouTube creator and he was talking about being an algorithmic slave, you know, oh, looking yeah. at the, the YouTube. I, and, I, and I'm sure that you know how it feels to be a, a slave of the algorithm. <laughs> Uh, and he was talking about how it is horrible and you go and you log into YouTube and the first thing you see is the ranking of your videos, like top 10. Like uh, this video is performing better than 30% of your other videos and he mm-hmm. says it's a horrible thing. And I went through that thing yeah. recently where every day I would wake up, open Spotify for artists. How many people? 17, 15, five? Uh, oh no, it's going down zero today, zero tomorrow, zero three days after and... Uh, and after watching that, it was very pertinent to watch it yesterday because it, it, it showed that it doesn't matter. Mm. And art and success and public reception are completely unrelated. Yeah. And, and what it matters is waking up in the morning and being happy with whatever artistic endeavor we do. So yeah, it, uh, like the, the public validation of the massive validation or the, our algorithmic overlord's opinion on us it's 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 all irrelevant i think 
And ultimately as well, you're a musician. So the opportunity to do your own thing, uh, play music you want to do at your own pace and to experiment ultimately as well is your prerogative. It's your desire. It makes you happy. Then it should make anybody that listens to it happy too, because that will always come through. Is that what you're kind of seeing for Empire as partially as well as an opportunity for you to experiment with all these different stars overall? Yeah, I think that that has always been the the agenda yeah. because I I think that every song is very different and every song draws from a different culture and a different musical idea. There, of course, there's always heavy metal because that's what I want it to be. Yep. I yep. want to always to have a bit of heavy metal there, but uh, when I have when I listen to Makin and Makin has Japanese scales, and then uh, when I listen to Horseman and Horseman sounds like Andy wrote a song in five, and and the songs that are more symphonic and the songs that have a bit more jazz on that, uh, I think that that's the point for mm. me. I don't want, I, I fortunately, I am unsuccessful enough, fortunately, I'm unsuccessful enough to not care about what I write. If I was in a bigger band, if, or if I was a bigger, well-known, much more well-known person, yep. then yep. I think that I would be a bit more scared of doing different things. With, but I think it's important that the moment you present yourself uh, as a multi-layered artist, yep. then I don't think you need to be scared of whatever music you release. And one of my favorite bands is a, a jazz band called T-Square. Okay. And, they release, and they release one album per year. And they've been doing this since like 1976. So you can't imagine how many songs they have. And, and they've done everything. They played Brazilian music and they played heavy metal and they played uh jazz standards and they played blues and they played orchestras and it doesn't matter because that's the way that they presented themselves but if you go all of a sudden if you are in uh in Meshuga and you know you know what i don't want to play nine string guitars anymore I, the next album is going to be all orchestras or it's going to be all mongolian throat singing you cannot do that because your identity is already in Meshuga. is that not that well framed but there is a general consensus of what Meshuggah is, and I'm just using it as an example. But, and that's why it's important that when you present yourself, you need to let the audience know that you are volatile and your product is volatile and you do whatever you want. And the audience can accept it or not, and we're good. We're, we're, we're completely okay with it. Well, and when I say we, I say me, and I say me as the artist and me as the audience as well. Like We don't need to, we, we vote with our wallets. Yes. Both with our Spotify subscription yeah. <laughs> as well. And, and, that's, and that's basically it. And that's where my music sort of stands is it's heavy metal. And then from there, anything goes. Yeah, that is it really. Fantastic. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that uh, you have that outlook on it um, because it's sure to result in some unique stuff as you grow as an artist well. But I wanted to ask you then, how much of an effect has the pandemic stricken years we've been going through had on the existence of Fifth Empire? For example, would it exist as it is right now if we didn't have a ton of forced downtime because of not being able to really do anything the last couple of years? Uh, I think that it definitely helped. I think it definitely helped. And because first of all, the pandemic started right after mm. I left October Grey. 
And so I used that bad energy to, to learn guitar. And a couple of months after, uh, stuff shut down and I was at home. And I was only, I had a guitar and I had a bass and I decided to do it. So yeah, I think it, it has been very important. It was a very serendipity thing. Hmm. And another very critical thing is because I am, I, I at, the, at the time was considered uh, an essential worker. Yep. Uh, people like me were still allowed to work and we were still had full salary. And actually during that first year and a half, it's actually when I was able to save a lot of money that I then invested in the gear to allow me to record all these songs. And, and I take a lot of pride in saying that I paid everyone that was featured on the album. Yeah. I, I paid the violin, I played Fabio, I, I paid Alex, I paid my mixing engineer, I paid Ruben that did the artwork. And so everyone got paid whatever they asked for, no questions asked. And yep. so that was, it was very, I know it was very, it's very bad to say this, but in, a, in, a, in, a, in an economical sense, it was very beneficial for me because I was able to work full time and do the jobs that people do not want to do. Mm -hmm. So I saved money to do the things that I want to do, as bad as it sounds. But yeah, so I, in that sense, a bad thing turned into a good thing, which is what happened to many, many artists, I guess. Yeah, and it's taking positives. You've got to take positives out of an incredibly negative period of time for the entire world. So any positive you can pull out, and yours is immense because of what it's resulted in, is always going to be worth crowing about. I know we always have this guilt, com guilt complex at uh, suggesting that, oh no, um, good things may have occurred during that, the worst parts of the pandemic, but good things did happen. Um, so it's no bad thing to mention them. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I don't know. We need, to, we, need, we, need, we need to look forward, I guess. That is the, that is the, real, the real message here is just, just turn up a, a, a bad thought and a bad energy into something positive without sounding any, any like no no religious attachment at all just yeah. like turn yourself around <laughs> if you can if we can and 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 that's basically it and i'm really happy i'm really happy uh, I'm, I'm really happy that i made this happen with the with a lot of help from friends especially i think i think it makes it way more special i think I'm really glad to hear you say that. So then give us the plan. What is the plan going forward? You've mentioned releasing singles at a regular interval. So describe that and uh, what's, uh, how, how long do you think that's going to go on for? Uh, well, for now, the schedule is going to be one song per month because I have this amount of songs ready. Mm -hmm. And I, I looked into, we, we looked into the Green Gods numbers last year or two years ago with the with the tell sagas and legends thing because yep. we started looking at the our algorithmic overlords and we started noticing how they work and how spotify rules over our lives and decides our value as human beings yes and then um and then you know what let's try and release four songs at the time and that's where the idea came from and i i thought okay let, let's see how our algorithmic overlords think about this idea and taking it to even a more extreme level, which is instead of releasing three or four songs at the time, which was at first the plan, I thought, okay, let's, let's do one song per month because I have this amount of songs ready. 
and I have enough leeway and let's see what what Spotify thinks about it. Yep. And and also it works because the songs are very different from each other. So it doesn't matter if, if they were in an album, people would think, why is this so different? Yeah. But then you have time to digest it as the audience and, and you understand that the concept is for the songs to be different. So it works pretty well. And, uh, and it also helps me with the, with the promotional side of things because I think that talking about myself and I'm really bad at this social media stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah. really horrible at, at trying to post everything, anything music related once in a while or try to record something on the bass to show or something on the guitar to show. I hate it and I don't follow any like mega guitarists because it damages my confidence a bit. So, um, so that's one of the reasons why I don't do social media very well. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't enjoy it and it hurts my ego a bit, but uh, releasing a song per month at least makes me post something once in a while and the algorithmic overlords stay happy <laughs> with it. And, um, and I think it helps a lot because if I, if I released 11 songs yep. that are ready, then I would have a lot of audience in the first month, but then it would be silent for yeah. until I had enough money to record another 10 or 11 more songs. And this way, there, there, is, there is a feedback loop. I, uh, and, and whoever is interested can get interested over time. I think, I think that is the biggest lesson. But basically, the, the reason was really to please the algorithm, mm. unfortunately. Uh, and, and actually, the, the results have been quite nice because the algorithm actually has a way of working. Now that the, 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 the conversation got hijacked by it. Um, but um, but when, when, when we post something online, it's really interesting how the algorithm works because if we do a post, at least this is my, my analysis of it and the way that I look at it. Mm. You post something and it will only reach a limited amount of your followers. Yes. But the next time you post, it's also going to reach a limited amount of your followers, but it's going to be a different limited. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to be probably the same 20 or 30 people, but then the other 20 or 30 people are going to be completely different from there. There's going to be a threshold of difference. Yeah. And actually fans from other bands and other people that I know and other friends and family, they actually engage in different levels. So for example, I had, I had teachers from jazz school say, oh man, you're, you're, you're playing heavy metal nowadays. That's really different from when you were in jazz school. And, and then these people, they find out that I, I released something because of the way that the internet works. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I've been learning. I think, I think that's actually really, really interesting to see how, how, the, how the algorithm and how things work differently with, with, with such a schedule. Yeah, but there's also a bit of a negative that I've noticed, which is uh, when I reach out for people, for reviewers, especially like uh, traditional heavy metal reviewers that like albums format. Yeah, they are not interested in in reviewing the type of music that I do. And the, maybe they would be interested if I had an album and say, "Hey, check out the whole album and and give me your opinion." Yeah, but but they are not interested in. Oh, I have three songs out. 
and I'm releasing a song per month. Oh, uh, call me back when you have the whole album. Yeah, it's not going to be an album. I'm sorry. So, uh, so there's there's that dichotomy of you you please the traditional way of consuming, which is still good. I wish I could release an album and and they have a a long term engagement from it, but um, that also it's a 50-50 thing basically. I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't have like long term data. On it, I don't know if it's a good strategy or not. I know that the numbers for Gringotts were good. Yep. Uh, and I know that at some point we got, for example, twelve thousand on Spotify, which is a big, big, big number for us. Mm -hmm. But then the moment that we stopped releasing music, so it was like a period of let's say four months at the time of four songs. Yep. The moment we stopped releasing at the fifth month, where there was no songs, boom, it's cut in half, and then cut in half, and then cut in half, and then cut in half the audience. But you know, I mean, as frustrating as that is, you yeah. know why that is the case. It's not yeah, of course, because yeah. people are, th are thinking suddenly the music's bad or they're not interested. It's yeah. because it's not new. So does that yeah. kind of take away at least a little bit of the stress and worry? Because you kind of like, there's a clear reason and we understand that. Yes, of course. And and we as as the artists, we need to know that it's not it's not us to blame. Yes. Like we, are, we are not slaves of the machine. We are humans still. And we do things the way that we want to do it and we we leave it at that so it's still it's all pretty exciting time for you at this period and mm -hmm. as you continue to kind of work this out and plan going mm -hmm. forward i want to ask you before we wrap this up i want to ask you a specific question go back to what you said at the very start so your musical journey began with an interest in a piano yeah is that something that you would consider and like to reinvigorate at some point in the future even if it's starting off with a keyboard I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. Um, I always, I always wanted to to be a good pianist because, mm. first of all, it helps with with the songwriting and it, it opens up more venues. Yeah. Uh, if I had another life, mm. I wish I could play piano. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I and and I and I wish I could play all the Final Fantasy songs that I always wanted to play. Uh, I wish I could play Xanarkan songs and, and uh, songs from Final Fantasy IX and all that stuff. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not actually very bitter about it, interestingly. I don't, I don't feel bad about not being able to, to play piano. Mm. If anything, I, I felt really bad for 10 years for not, being, for not playing guitar. Yeah. More, more, more than the piano thing, because the piano thing was a, was a, was a consequence of the universe. Yeah. But but nowadays there's no that that element is out. So 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 me playing bass was out of insecurity. Yeah. And and I had to go through that insecurity to finally pick up the guitar again. And I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy it because I don't have any attachment, any 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 agenda of being better or worse. The only reason why I play guitar is to is to record my own songs nowadays and i love it to be honest i really love playing it and i really love playing bass i play bass way better way better than i will ever play guitar <laughs> um so so yeah i actually don't feel really bad but i wish i had time and and mental energy to to learn piano and play some some rose of may from final fantasy 9 for example something like that Yep, it is that, isn't it? It's it's the time, the mental energy that such an instrument requires. Um, 
So unless you're uh, got a lot of money in the bank to take time off yeah. work and then to spend months and months and months working on it, I completely understand. Yeah. Um, but things are looking really exciting then. Um, ultimately as well, you've got so much in the work, you're improving as an instrument, um, excuse me, improving on the instruments you play. Uh, Fifth Empire, Spotify, Bandcamp, where else? Uh, where else? I don't know. Uh, so far, so far, that's it. Uh, I, I maybe I will, I will, I will release a physical copy mm. eventually. Oh, really? And I have like ten songs. I have the artwork ready for it actually. Mm. So, so I have the album artwork ready in case I, I release it. Um, and yeah, that's it. Spotify and Bandcamp and everywhere where you consume music, YouTube, yeah. and social media. Nelson Moreira, send me a message. Tell tell me how my guitar playing is horrible. I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and listen to all the cool people that I play with, and listen to all the, the all my cool friends from Death and Glory and Press X and Green Gods and everyone that does music in a in an independent way. Support those guys. Support GBHBL, and that's it. Uh, thank you very much for for helping the UK community and the heavy metal community in general with what you guys do. I think it's it's super cool to to have like uh, alternative forms of media supporting people that actually need it. I think that the the big dogs they don't need our help, you know, but uh, they they don't need more millions or or anything. Of course, they they need money, but we need more people like you. That's it. <laughs> Very kind of you, sir. Uh, it is our pleasure. Um, Nelson, we'll leave it there. Thank you for taking the time to do this today. Yeah, thank you very much, Carl. And I hope to see you in the crowd one day. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash gbhbl as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?